food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. If you have ever considered starting an additional food blog, you should definitely listen to this episode. And even if you have never considered it, still listen because Taryn Scarfone joins me in this episode and she gives really good reasons why we should consider it. And she gives a lot of encouragement. She started her own second and third food blog and they've both done really well. And she talks through all the things that are going to inspire you. This is episode number 391, and it is sponsored by Rank IQ. Do you need help navigating Google Analytics? Maybe you specifically need to understand how to set up and use GA4 and use your Google Search Console to its fullest potential. Sign up for the virtual workshop put on by Tastemaker that dives into these topics. There will be four expert speakers to provide valuable information that will help you get the most out of GA4 and GSC. The workshop takes place live on Zoom on April 21st from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. EST. Limited spots are available. Be sure to join the waitlist to get first access to these tickets. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources and scroll down to the orange button underneath the Tastemaker logo for more information and to sign up. Taryn is a happily married, busy mom of six. She began her food blogging journey as a hobby in 2015, and it took off pretty quickly. You'll see that Joy-Filled Eats concentrates on low-carbon keto recipes that are easy to make and suitable for the whole family. Since then, Taryn has launched two more food websites. Taryn, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. How are you? I'm good, Megan. Happy to be here. Yay. I'm so happy to have you here and to talk about this topic. I think it's a really interesting one to talk about as food bloggers. But first, we want to know if you have a fun fact to share. Sure. My husband and I are going to celebrate our 20th anniversary next summer, and we are in the beginning stages of planning a vacation alone without the six kids, which will be wonderful. Uh, Right now, we're thinking of going to Iceland. So, Oh my gosh. Have you been to Iceland before? We have not. So what about Iceland makes you want to go? My husband isn't a beach guy and he doesn't love crowds or cities. So we're looking for something a little more like outdoorsy and off the beaten path. We've heard a lot of good things. So we're hoping to take a trip next summer. Enjoy it with a lot of kids. You deserve some relaxation time, right? Kick your feet up and enjoy each other for a little bit. So cool. 20 years, that deserves a congrats as well. (laughs) Thanks. Yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about growing a second or third site or fourth or beyond. So you have kind of a story with this. You decided to start an additional site in addition to your food blog. Would you just talk us through that? Sure. My main blog is in the low-carb keto niche. So a couple of years ago, my husband is starting to get more into like grilling and smoking. And I have a couple recipes like that on my main site, but they just have not gotten much traffic because I just don't think Google sees that site as an authority on those topics. So since my husband 
also was interested in getting into blogging. We started talking about this after we went to the Everything Food Conference back in 2018, just as a possibility. And we decided to launch another site. One of the main motivators is we found out that with AdThrive, we were able to take on a new site without a minimum for page views. So that just really gave us the motivation to like actually start it and work on it and stop like putting it on the back burner because we had actually bought the URL back in like 2018 and just did nothing with it. So once we had that little bit of motivation, we decided to, yeah, let's just venture into a whole different niche and just work on that together. That's awesome because I think a lot of us have that where we start talking about other topics that don't necessarily relate to our established authority, right? So it could make sense for a lot of us to do this. How did it go? Was it seamless? Was it? Were there any parts of it that were challenging that you learned from? It's interesting because just coming into it with much bigger wealth of knowledge, like when I started my main site, it was a hobby, like most blockers. So I just yeah. Did it for fun and did whatever I wanted to do. And I'm still like correcting the mistakes from that like seven years later. So with this site, like we knew how to research keywords and optimize for SEO. So we just went into it with a completely different mindset. And the site has 90% organic search traffic just because we we just knew what we were doing when we got started. It's a totally different game, right? <laughs> I feel like the learning curve when you start blogging and know nothing is so huge. But I can imagine that you just can use all of your knowledge that you have in your head already to, yeah, just shorten that learning curve hugely. Definitely. And one other thing we did was when we decided that we're we're going to do this, we started researching keywords. And in this niche, there are like specific brands of smokers and grills and things that people are searching for the name of that in the keyword. So we're like, okay, we're just going to put out the $1,500 and buy this name brand smoker because then we can rank for those keywords, which have a very high search volume and are easy to rank for. So when with starting a new site, like you want to find keywords that are kind of like low hanging opportunities. And with putting out the money and purchasing this smoker, we were able to do that. How long ago was it that you guys started the second site? We started working on, it's a girl for all seasons and started really working on it in May of 2021. That's also, my husband also left his full-time job to start a separate business on his own. So we had, also we also just had some more time. And how's it doing so far? It's doing really well. Yeah. And about in a, less than a year, we're like, we were up to 100,000 page views a month. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also, I'm finding it just more fun for me because it is a bit of a broader niche than having to keep everything low carb and keto. So we have done some like yeah. really like more indulgent recipes that I definitely couldn't fit onto my main site. So it's been fun to be able to branch out in that way. How do you recommend others? pick a niche if they're considering doing something like this? Do they look at their current blog and just find those things that are maybe outside of their expertise a little bit? Or how do you recommend going about that? Definitely something if you can't fit it into your main site and it is something that you're interested in and passionate about, that would be 
a great topic for a separate site. Also, this past summer, I started a baking blog with my 13-year-old, which is very much on the back burner right now. We're happy to get up one recipe a week, but it's fun to do it together and to just teach her about the industry. She wants to go to culinary school. She wants to be a pastry chef. So this is just a way that she can learn just about another option besides like working in a restaurant someday. And it's fun to be able to do it together. Okay. I love this angle because as food bloggers who have kids, we have the opportunity to teach our children about a really unconventional way to earn money, right? Like sometimes my son, my youngest son like gets it. He gets what I do and he'll he'll make comments like, "You, your job is so different than most people's jobs because he hears his friends talk about my parents, a teacher or whatever. So I think we have an opportunity to really educate our kids and build skills for them. And it sounds like that's what you're doing, which is so cool. I think you are serving, you said it was your daughter, right? Or was and my it daughter. Your, son? Yeah. your daughter. Yeah. I think you're serving her really valuable life experience by doing that. How much time does she spend on the blog? She really enjoys the baking portion of it and the eating the baked good portion. But <laughs> at this point, I'm doing most of like the back end work. She, I was teaching her how to use like the Facebook and Instagram scheduler. So she, she's starting to learn a little bit about like the social media and stuff. But Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so finding things outside of your current blog that don't fit is a good way to find a niche. There's something you're really interested in, but it just doesn't fit in to your current content. You you recommend just figuring out what that category is. Yeah, and just going for it and starting a new site. One other piece of information that I've learned is that when we decided that we were going to launch a baking blog, I bought an established URL that had just been abandoned so that we went in with a domain authority of 25 off the bat because it's just a, it's a longstanding URL that just hadn't been used for like five or six years. Okay. How did you go about finding that? GoDaddy has an auction option. So if you go in, you can just play around with uh, keywords and things you're interested in. So we knew it was going to be a baking site. So we went into the auctions and we just looked at domains that had the word baking in them. And we stumbled upon baking me hungry and we, we liked it. And when I looked up the domain authority, like it had a good domain authority. And how much was it a huge investment? No, it was like, $15, I think. (laughs) You're kidding. That's such a smart thing to do. Oh my goodness. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that, but that is gold right there. (laughs) So you can go into the auctions and you can literally just type in a keyword. So I'm in there now. I could just type in baking and then anything that's up for auction will... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And there'll be some good ones. And of course, there'll be some that are nothing. Yeah. And I mean, some of them, I'm sure, do go for a lot of money. But we were able to get it for whatever the minimum minimum auction price was. It was, yeah, about $15. So... I see one up for 16 grand. That that would be probably a little out of yeah. my budget, but yeah, there are I mean $11, $5. Wow, this is yeah, that is really really gold. Okay, so that is good stuff. Now, what about like 
Social media. I have a question about that because I feel like that would be one of my hangups to starting a new site. I don't want to manage different social media accounts. I feel like the ones I do manage are enough. How do you deal with that? Do you feel like it's extra? Do you not have extra social media? We have claimed the social, all the social medias for both the second and the third site. But right now for a girl for all seasons, our goal is just to put up one Instagram and Facebook post a day. So very, very minimal just to keep the account active because for that blog, we're getting 90% organic traffic anyway. We're not seeing a big ROI for social right now. So we have decided to just like keep that on the back burner. We don't want to totally abandon it, but in order to schedule out a month's worth, it only takes like an hour or two. And the same thing with the the baking site, like really just we're posting a couple times a week on social. It's very minimal. Hey, food bloggers, let's chat about Rank IQ for just a minute. If you are looking for a way to give your Q2 and Q3 content a quick boost for extra traffic and revenue, try this super easy strategy. Pick a category that typically does really well for you this time of year. Go to rankiq.com and type that topic into the keyword research library. Sort from lowest to highest competition and scroll through the keyword options. See if there's anything that aligns with your expertise and your content. From this list, choose one recipe to publish that aligns with the category you chose. Next, select one informational non-recipe post to write about. Also, select one roundup to put together that fits within the category. Publish all within a week or so, interlink it all, and watch your traffic grow. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and check it out for yourself. Now back to the episode. What kind of time investment do you put into each of your blogs? Do you have a breakdown like you do focus heavily on one and then not so much on the others? Basically, my main site, Joyful Deeds, still brings in the most money by far. So we've decided to like most of my time is on that. But that I'm also still like correcting mistakes from like 2016. So my goal for this year is just to just republish a lot of old content on that. And we're going to do more new content for the grilling site, which only has my main site has, I think, 900 posts. The grilling site, we're at about 100. So just to like get more content on there. And the baking site is just just whatever we can for fun at this point. Yeah. You kind of touched on this earlier, but you find that doing keyword research is so much easier now. It is. We use key search. So We'll just anything we're interested in, we'll just go in and try to find a keyword. Doing keyword research ahead of creating recipes has taken some fun out of blogging. Like I've heard a lot of bloggers say this, but when you're trying to optimize for Google, you kind of have to. There have been a few times where we just create something we want to make that we want to eat, and then we'll do the keyword research after, but still trying to just get a keyword that is good for the post and good for our rankings. Have you been able to get good Pinterest traction on your second and third sites? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, Pinterest is, Pinterest was the majority of my traffic on my main site. And when Pinterest tanked, I just spent a few months crying. So we're still trying. No, it's, it's okay. We're still trying to recover just like that lost traffic from since I didn't know what I was doing when I grew my main site, it just took off on social. But then when social changes, 
it, that traffic disappears. So that was also one of our reasons to start a second site is because my main site was had declining traffic because also mm-hmm. just the keto niche in general is trending down. So we're taking on like a wider focus of just healthy recipes with that site. But in order to recover some of that lost income, if it wasn't working on my main site, we decided to start a second site. And would you say that your other, your secondary sites have been like 100% business from the start? Or you mentioned you were having fun with it as well, but have you just overall treated it more like a business, would you say? Yeah, we definitely have because knowing what potential there is has just made us go into it with a different mindset. Yeah, totally. And that's everything, right? When you have the mindset that it's a hobby, then it's going to be a hobby. <laughs> but when you go into it with the mindset that this is a business, we're going to make money, then right. That I can't I can't take pictures on my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, what other what advice would you have for anyone listening who is has piqued interest and they maybe have been thinking about this or not, but your this conversation is like, you know, maybe convincing them to start something. What other pieces of advice would you have for them or maybe things you've learned the hard way, anything at all? Just get started. Just go for it. Uh, it's very inexpensive to register a domain. So register a domain and get the social and then just work on it when you can. It is more fun to be able to do something besides what you normally do, like whatever your current niche is, to be able to go outside of that and do something a little bit different can just add a new life to to the job. A new level of spice, right? We all get that plateau feeling when we have just done the same thing over and over and we feel a little burnt out and passionless. I think probably every person listening can relate to that on some level. So this, I can see this adding a new just pep in your step when it comes to blogging, a new category, a new topic, a new focus, different photos. Like you mentioned, you got a smoker. So that's fun, right? You got to play with your new smoker and check that out. Okay. And then I have another question about you're busy, Taryn. You have a family and a husband and kids and three blogs. How do you balance it all? Do you... Yeah. I, how do you do it? I will admit that I'm not the most organized person. I have a blogger friend who is very organized. She uses Airtable and has SOPs for everything. And that's just not how my brain works. So I basically just have a Google sheet with just a list of tasks and I prioritize them. So right now I've taken back my own like Facebook for my main blog. So my number one task almost every day is to just schedule Facebook and check in on that. And because that just, it's a priority because it just has to get done. And after that would be republishing new posts. And then some of the other other stuff, like we find, I find keyword research fun. So that kind of gets pushed back a little bit because we have long lists of potential keywords already. As far as the ad networks go, you mentioned earlier that AdThrive doesn't have as high of a threshold, right? So what is their current threshold? I know Mediavine, theirs is like, I I don't want to say an exact number, but I know it's lower than when you get your first site up. And the same is true for AdThrive? 
I think that Ad Thrive is 25,000 views. Okay. If But if you're in the Ad Thrive Platinum program, they will take on new sites with zero page views. So, right. So our, our baking site, there were a few days that I like checked in with my daughter and I'm like, honey, we made 75 cents yesterday. Woo. <laughs> That's like almost <laughs> a stick of butter. <laughs> Yes, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we personally found that little bit of money, just like a more incentive than just trying to get numbers up because we're like, yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. Like, wow, we actually made $3 yesterday. So depending on which ad network you're in and which level or tier, like it's something to at least just ask them. Yeah, just asking. And I'm trying to think of potential hangups for getting started with something like this, like creating a logo, doing branding, all of that. How much effort and thought did you put into that? For the logos and branding, not too much. I just quickly made them in Canva. But there are the, yeah, there are also a lot of things that you learn to, you do them once, like when you're setting up a new site and then you kind of forget how to do them. So I'm like trying to teach myself again and trying to figure out like, what plugins do I actually need? And all, all those kind of things that like once it's in place, you don't really think about it much. Right. So it might be helpful just to give a little forethought to that before you get started so you kind of know what you're doing because that's exactly what I was trying to articulate. Like there are all those little things that you did so long ago mm-hmm. that you don't think about. Your brain is filled with other things, right? So I don't know. Do you have any suggestions for that? Like things that you absolutely do need, things that you don't need, anything like that? I mean, the two the two things off the top of my head is we use the feast theme, feast themes on all of our sites. It's just then once you like learn it, it's easier to just switch back and forth and WordPress recipe maker. Also just the paid version on all the sites so that you have all the nutritional information and all of that just easily. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are two biggies that are really valuable just for getting that good recipe schema. And Feast has proven to be such an incredible, valuable plugin. So those are good recommendations. Any other hangups you can think of that would be just roadblocks for getting started? It can be a lot to balance. So I think it is important to just like decide how much time you're going to spend because you also don't want to suddenly switch to working on a baby site and let whatever your main site, your main income drop. So like maybe like a 75, 25% split or maybe even less, maybe 90%, 10%. But however many hours you work a week, just only take a small chunk towards the second site in the beginning. Because also when you know what you're doing, it can grow quicker than you think it can. Mm-hmm. Especially when comparing it to a site that is bigger and older and has a lot of content that might even be weighing some of the newer stuff down, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard people say very similar things when they start really specific niche sites that growth is so massive so quickly because they don't have that dead weight like I do on my blog and a lot of other people do. So that is something to consider as well. Well, hopefully we have given people something to think about at least and encouraging them to maybe venture into this territory in 2023. Do you have anything else that we've forgotten to add that you feel is really important to talk about? I think just in general, one of the 
best things that I've done is just connecting with other bloggers. So just to make sure that you're doing that, whether it's in Facebook groups or I run a mastermind group that we meet once a month, which it's very, very easy to organize a mastermind group. You just have to find find some bloggers and pick a time to Zoom and you just, just talk about what's going on. And those have been like probably some of the best things that I've done is just learning from other bloggers. It keeps you relevant, right? It keeps you on your toes. You're kind of in the mix. You have you don't feel as lonely or alone. And yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, thank you, Taryn. I think this was a really valuable conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. I was happy to be here. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave all of us with today? Yeah, I really like this. This is a Dave Ramsey quote. He said, uh, nothing happens without focus. Don't try to do everything at once. Take it one step at a time. I've definitely found that true when launching a second and third site. Yes. Good advice. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you so you can mention, yeah, whatever blogs you want to mention and social media as well. Sure. My main site is Joyfilled Eats, joyfilledeats.com and just Joyfilled Eats on all the socials. And then we have a grill for all seasons.com and bakingmehungry.com. Well, go check Taryn out. Thank you again for being here. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Don't forget to head to forum.eatblogtalk.com to join our free discussion forum and connect with and learn from like-minded peers. I will see you next time.